So I think when you define it like that, it's pretty easy to say that we all worship something, right? And oftentimes, if you really want to know what it is you worship, you should just look at your calendar or your checkbook register or your credit card statements. Jesus put it like this when he said in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So where do you think the average American's heart is? Sort of interesting that Andre mentioned um, wasting resources. So here was a, here, this is from a 2017 report on uh, spending. So Americans spent $1 billion on beer on July 4th alone. $4.8 billion on Cheetos, Doritos, and Funyuns. $3 billion on bags of ice. $26 billion on bird watching trips. I'm like, really? Um, $570 million on dog treats. $13.5 billion on plastic surgery. $2 billion treating acid indigestion. $5.4 billion on graduation gifts. Uh, $2.4 billion on hot dogs. $4.6 billion playing fantasy football. And $80.5 billion on lottery tickets, just to name a few. So if you want to know what many people worship, there you go. Junk food, birds, pets, vanity, and games of chance just to name a few. And when we give our offering to God, it's a chance to reverse this. Because as Christians, we're not called to worship non-essentials. Rather, we're called to worship the one we just sang about, the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness, our God. And when we worship him with our financial resources, it doesn't just disappear. But it goes on ahead of us. It, it's laid up in heaven. Where Jesus tells us, neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. We oftentimes forget that our home is not here on earth. Our citizenship is in heaven. And that's where our treasure and our heart should be also. And so our offering is not a financial transaction, it's an act of worship. And it should be reflective of the transformation that Jesus has done in our heart. And so we worship him today because that is who he is. Let's pray over uh, our offering this week. Lord God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that we can always trust in you. We thank you that you are an abundant God, and out of your great love and mercy, you have given us so much. As an act of our heartfelt gratitude, we give you our tithes and our offerings. With them, we worship you and acknowledge your blessings upon us. Please take them 
and use them for your kingdom and your glory. Extend and multiply their reach and influence. May they be a great blessing to many. We ask this in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Well, today is the second Sunday of Advent, and it's a, tra it's a church tradition that on this day we light both the first and second candles of our Advent wreath. And so if you will remember, the first candle from last week is the candle of hope. And I hope this lights. We'll try the second candle, which is the candle of peace. Okay, we got peace going. There we have hope. All right, we have hope now. Um, so we have hope, and then we have peace today. And so uh, as Chip comes forward to give us our message today, I just invite you to watch this uh, short video on peace. Gosh, I wish I had that much peace as that girl standing outside in the wind to jump in that video. Uh, That's cute. But anyway, amen. I'm going to talk about peace, but let's pray first. It's always a good place to start. Father, there's no one like you. Holy Spirit, would you just sweep through this place? Father, would every church mask fall off? Would every person who's pretending to be okay just stop pretending? Every person who's struggling, who needs peace, Lord, expose them, Lord, to your spirit this morning. Father, don't let us come in here today and leave the same way, God. Leave the same, the same exact way we came in, Lord. Let us all have a fresh encounter with you this morning, Jesus. Lord, we didn't come here to just 
and just have church and hear music and preaching. I came here to encounter you. Lord, you're the way maker like we sang. So make a way, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to start with a couple, a couple scriptures. Um, the first we kind of talked about last week, and it, it talks about Jesus being the Prince of Peace. I'm not even going to go into the whole scripture. It's in Isaiah. Um, well, I guess it's up there. I forgot. I forgot I sent the scripture. Um, it says this, for, unto, uh, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Everybody say Prince of Peace. Understand something about God. He doesn't put things in the Bible because they sound good. He didn't say, you know what would sound like a cool preachery alliteration? Let's throw Prince of Peace in there. Jesus didn't look at God the Father and go, that sounds great, put it in. <laughs> Prince of Peace, I like that. That's not him. No, every title you see, <clears throat> excuse me, every title you see in that scripture about Jesus being born, that is something he actually is. Jesus actually is the Prince of Peace, amen? So why are we as Christians so not peaceful? Why are we living in, in, in such a manner that we don't experience the peace of God? We say we're, 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 we're Christians. We say we're children of God. We say we're following him. We're following the Prince of Peace, yet we're not living in that way. We're not living in that way. So I want to draw your attention to a couple scriptures um, and just kind of go through, and I'm not going to be long. Um, I want to start with John 14, 27, because it's Jesus speaking. So John 14, 27, I see some cell phones getting out and some Bibles. You should look it up in your Bible. There's Bibles in front of you, because for all you know, us preachers could be making it up. You might not even be in there. You might not know. You don't know. It says this. <laughs> I'm not, but you should check. Peace I leave with you. This is Jesus speaking. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Again, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. We are living in a time where most everybody is falling into one of those categories. Hearts are troubled or afraid. It's interesting to me that Jesus says, let not, insinuating that there's something we can do about it. Let not your trouble. So I want to address those two things first. There's people in the room, people online. Are you living in a place of peace are you letting your heart be afraid? Are you living in fear? There is a spirit of fear that is ruling over everything right now. Let me see who I can offend. As Pastor Jeff sweats profusely. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Amen. We are living in a time where we don't know what the future holds. We don't know what's going on. 
We're also living in a time where people are too afraid to come to church because of a virus, but they'll go to the grocery store. Amen. You see, we're living in a time where we're, we're, we don't know. When will we hear people saying, when will we go back to normal? I'm too scared to go out. I'm too scared. And we're waiting for the doctors and the government to tell us when things are okay instead of hearing from the Holy Spirit. And you see, we need to start living in a place of boldness again. And I'm not saying disregard doctors. I'm not saying don't wear a mask. I'm not saying any of that stuff. Jesus doesn't call us to be stupid. Although some of us, it seems to be a spiritual gift. But he doesn't call us to it. What I'm saying is, if you're letting fear dictate your life over than the power of God, then what are we doing? Jesus says, let not your heart be afraid. If Jesus is telling us not to live in fear and not to be afraid, it would stand to reason that that's not his best vision for your life. He doesn't want you being afraid of what's going to happen in the future. He doesn't want you being afraid of what's happening all around you. He doesn't want you being afraid of, of this and of that. What happened to Christians that were filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit? Amen. We're afraid to go to church. What happens when the church is actually persecuted? There was a time where Christians were killed for just praying in public. There is a time where Christians were being, and it still is a time in other countries, their Christians are being stoned to death, killed. And we live in fear over such little things. Do you have a faith or do you have a fear? And they can coexist. I know some people say you can't have faith and fear. That's not true. Faith is saying, I'm going to do it even though I'm afraid. Faith says, I'm afraid, I'm going to do it anyway. So are you living in fear? Are you worried about how you're going to pay this, how you're going to do that, how you're going to make the next move, how you're, going to, how you're going to advance your life, how you're going to advance yourself? What does that person think of me? What is that person going to do? There's a lot of people living in fear. And it's a weird Christmas, isn't it? It's a weird, weird Christmas to live in fear. And, and we're all having a holly jolly Christmas six feet apart. You know, we're, all, we're not sure whether we should travel. We're not sure whether we should go to the store. We're not sure whether we should shop online. We're not sure if our traditions are going to be this year. We're, we're just fearful. We're, we're just not sure. Is anybody following me? You good? Jesus doesn't call us to that. So that's the first grouping of people. Jesus says, let not your heart be, be afraid. Then it talks about let not your heart be troubled. Chip, couldn't you say fear is troubling? Yes, but... When I prayed into this, I kind of got this sense of there's people walking around, and I think I'm allowed to say this. There's people walking around who are tormented. Their hearts are tormented. They have no peace. If we were to look inside of everybody's brain and heart in this room right now, there would be thoughts that they've had Things that they've gone through. Sorry, Kyle, I'm not the tables there. I'm not saying it. There's people in this room. That's <laughs> just that I don't want to set a fire. Not that kind of fire, at least. There's people that would have stuff going on that you would not believe. There's people right now in this church, I guarantee it, even with the, the amount of people in this room, that are walking through some of the most tormenting thoughts that you've ever, ever dealt with, that you've ever seen. 
There's people recovering from divorces. There's people recovering from breakups. There's people recovering from job losses. There's people that aren't sure what the doctor report's going to come back and say. There's people that aren't sure what's going on in their life, and they are tormented. Some people are tormented by nightmares. Some people are tormented by, by, the, by the loss of someone. Some people are just tormented, and they can't control their anger or their anxiety or their depression or, their, or anything in, within them. I fall into that category. Uh, but, but I understand it, and we're walking around, and we have no peace and we wear these masks, not literally the masks we're supposed to wear, but we wear these masks that we say everything's fine, everything's okay, everything's great, and the very people that you worship and say, I want to be just like them, that's the ideal family, that's the perfect person, that's the perfect Christian. If you only knew what was going on inside of their head, you would be shocked. Thank you, amen. What I'm saying is Jesus hasn't called us to be afraid and tormented. If you are tormented and you're under the sound of my voice in this room or online, I want you to know that Jesus Christ can set you free from that today. Well, Chip, that's a bold claim. Yes, it is. He's a bold God. He's a powerful God. Sometimes I think we think of the Christmas season as a time for the church to kind of gather around and love each other and hold each other. But it's really a time where we, Jesus really is inviting us into hope and into peace. So you don't have to live that way. And then this scripture, Jesus says this, and this has really never stood out to me until I, I started studying it. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Jesus gives us his peace. I would imagine Jesus' peace is pretty solid. I, he doesn't say, I'm going to teach you how to have peace. He doesn't say that, that this, is, this is some other type. He said, I'm going, to not, I'm going to not only give you peace, I am going to give you my own peace. Not a peace that comes from you or within or from anything else, my peace. So I started asking the Lord, what, <laughs> what is that? What is your peace like, Lord? And he brought me to Philippians 4, 7. And it says this, and the peace of God, which passes, surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus' peace is like. It surpasses all understanding and will guard your hearts and mind through Jesus. The first thing it says is it surpasses all understanding. In other words, it won't even make sense. Some of us have experienced that. We've been in a situation where everything's going crazy and it literally doesn't make sense that we are at all able to function. It doesn't make sense that we are at all able to think, but we have that peace of God and it passes all understanding. When we walk in the peace of God, other people around us will ask, how are you, how are you able to function? How are you able to go through that? How are you still going to work? How are you still going to church? How are you still going to school? How are you still studying? And they're going to say, I don't get it. You're one of these, have you ever heard somebody say that Christians are crazy? Because they say, I don't understand how you're just, you're just ignoring it. You're just in denial. I'm not in denial. I'm in peace. Thank you. Amen. He's shouting me down. He's got those Pentecostal roots. I'm just kidding. But really, if we live in Jesus' peace, we don't have to understand how things are going to work out. 
And other people don't have to understand either. Amen. <laughs> we don't have to understand. The other thing it says is it says this, it guards your hearts and mind. Which is another kind of weird thing, because when you think of peace, you think of no conflict. But when you think of a guard, a guard is actually there in case there is conflict. You know, a guard is keeping something out. A guard is guarding. It's usually an armed guard. You have a guard. So the peace of God will actually guard your heart and mind. It's a, it will defend you. God's peace will actually, when we walk in it, defend us from the things that try to take the peace from us. The peace of God not only surpasses our understanding, but it will say, you know what? Satan or bad thoughts or whatever is coming to take our peace, you can not go any further. You cannot function any further. You cannot intrude anymore. You're being guarded. Then the, then the best part of it, it says this. It's through Jesus. It does all of this through Jesus. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. And when things are done through Jesus, they're done perfectly. And they're done flawlessly. And they can't, no mistakes are made and everything's done because he's the Alpha and the Omega. So I, I wanted to rush through that part to get to the part to say, okay, well, why aren't we walking in this kind of peace? Why aren't we living in that kind of peace? We hear about peace in church. We hear about peace at Christmas. We hear about peace all the time. And it's really the, the last part of that, that scripture where it says this. Peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Too many Christians, too many people are living on the peace that the world gives. Amen? We are, we are supernatural people, and we are living on a peace that is natural. You cannot ever have true peace when you're living on what the world gives, because the world's peace is based on circumstance. How is the stock market? How are my investments? I'm at peace as long as we keep setting records. I'm at peace as long as it doesn't drop down. I'm at peace as long as everything at home is good. I'm at peace as long as that happens and this happens. That circumstance, that switches and, and it's, it's sinking sand because you step here and it's good ground. You step here and you sink down. What is, what is the circumstance? That's where I'm finding my peace, but the peace of God never changes, amen? There's no circumstances with him that are going to change. He's not going to wake up one morning and decide he's going to, oh, you know what, I'm not doing it today. That's not how it is. You don't have to turn on the news to find out if God is still in charge. You don't have to turn on Fox Business to find out if God's economy is still functioning. It is. It's not circumstantial. The world's peace is based on success. If I can be successful... And the way the world says, then I can have peace. If I can just make enough money, if I can just get that job, if I can just buy that house, if I can just buy that for me, buy that car, if I can just have that ministry, if I can just date that person, if I can just, if I can just, how many times have you said that? If I can just, and we just say, if I can just have that level of success, then I'd be complete. Then I'd be happy. But God's peace is not based on what you achieve. It's based on your identity in him. 
It's not based on doing, it's based on just being. There's nothing you can do, it's just who you are. And when you truly understand who you are in Christ, you just are okay. Just things will happen and and you'll go through life, but you'll say, you know what? I'm his child and he's got me. And even if everything falls apart and I die right now, he's still got me. I remember, um, (laughs) I think I was talking to Sally actually, a couple weeks before I got coronavirus. And I was in here and I was like, well, I believe God will protect me from getting it. Whoops. (laughs) And I was like, but, and even if he doesn't, that's okay. Don't add that if you don't mean that. <laughs> because then I'm laying there and I'm like, God, if I, am I going to die? I didn't think I was going to die. But that goes through your head when everybody's talking about it. And I was like, even if I did die, I'm still okay. That's what's great about being a Christian. You will come out on top if you stay faithful. You, you really will. So if, as long as we continue to have our identity as a son or daughter of God then we're fine. Then we're good. We base our pe- the world's peace is based on human interaction. How many times have you had your day ruined by another human being? How many times, nobody look at your spouse, shut your eyes. How many times have you had your day ruined? Maybe, maybe it was a, a coworker. Maybe it's a bad boss. Maybe it is a spouse. Maybe it's an ex-spouse. Maybe it's a girlfriend or a boyfriend. But your peace is just sucked right out of you because of a comment, because of, because of something somebody said or somebody did to you, because somebody was inconsistent, because somebody broke plans, because somebody wasn't who they presented themselves to be. And now you find yourself in a circumstance and you say, ah, I can't trust anyone. I can't depend on anyone. I hate people. How many people have said that? I say it all the time. I hate people. And really what we're saying is I've been hurt by people. That's really, that's, you're, you're trying to be tough and you're trying to be sarcastic and you're trying to be bold and you say, I hate people. But what you're really saying is people have hurt me. People have really hurt me and let me down. And that's how the world, the world's peace is, is based on people, but God's peace is based on God. And humans may fail you, but our God never fails. Never. Amen? The world's peace is temporary. God's peace is eternal. Can you bring the lights down? So I wanted to just go through all of this because there's really nothing I can do to give you peace. So I asked the Lord, well, Lord, how do they receive your peace? And he said, easy. I said, oh, repent, which is always a fun word for church. We have to repent from relying on the world and relying on ourselves. And we have to completely and utterly become dependent on the Father for every aspect of life. I'm glad the baby's crying because it brought to mind something. If you've ever been a parent, which I haven't, but I've been a kid, (laughs) and we can play a little prayer music whenever you're ready. Kyle, can you? Thank you. If you've ever not been able to pay the bills or you're having chaos 
in your house, the kids will pick up on that if you're not careful. If you and your spouse are fighting, that will disturb the kids' peace. If you can't make the mortgage payment and you let the kids know about that, that will disturb their peace. However, good parents, in my opinion, but again, what do I know? I don't have kids. We'll keep the peace in the house for the kids' sake, knowing that telling the kids does no good because the kids couldn't pay the mortgage anyway. The kids couldn't fix your marriage anyway. So there's no point in, in stressing them out. So the kids, even though things aren't going well, are living in the peace of their parents. And a good parent will always try to keep their kids in peace. All hell may be breaking loose, but a good parent says, you just depend on me because you can't even do it anyway. And if you've ever been around kids, they'll think something can help and it really can't. You can't pay the mortgage, I have $5. And it's a beautiful thing, but it's really no help. And that's really how we are with God. When we try to get involved, I got $5. And I'm sure God is like, that's beautiful. And I'll accept that, but you just rely on my peace. And when we live in God's peace, when we walk in a room, our very presence carries his peace. People tell, what's so funny to me, I am the most chaotic person and Pastor Jeff asked me to preach on peace. Multiple times I'll walk into a room and people will tell me that it brings peace, which I don't get. But it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit. Not because I'm somebody that has it all together, but because I just am somebody that totally depends on God because I haven't been given a choice. So I'm asking you this morning to repent of trying to do it all yourself repent of trying to take care of it all yourself and really begin to rely completely on the peace of the Father because He is a good parent and as big and bad as you think you are you cannot handle your life so I'm going to ask you to stand And whether it's out loud or to yourself, I'm going to ask John if you can come up. We'll also be more than glad to pray with you for peace, for God's peace. But I'm going to ask you to take a moment and really confess to the Lord. God, I've been trying to do this all myself. I've been trying to, I've been trying to run this thing myself. I need your peace. I'm sorry. And then just ask him to give you his peace. And then if you need extra prayer, we'll pray. But this is really just something between you and God. So I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to ask you to do that. Father, you'll give us your peace, Lord. So, Lord, every person that truly is coming before you with a repentant heart this morning, Lord, I pray that you would fill them with a peace that passes all understanding a peace that is unbelievable, a peace that is 100% your peace, a supernatural peace.
Lord, we repent for, being, for trying to be self-sufficient. We repent for trying to get it all right. We depend on you, Lord, in your peace. Give it to us, Lord. Abba, Father, you are the perfect God. In Jesus' name, maybe you just want to confess to him and lift your hands and pray and just ask for that peace. Maybe you want to come kneel. Maybe you want to kneel at your seat. But don't miss this chance to receive from the Lord. anger must go. In the name of Jesus, all fear must go. Anxiety, we cast you out in Jesus' name right now. Depression, we bind your power. Go in Jesus' name. standing up here to pray. If you haven't ever given your life to Jesus, this is a great morning to do so or afternoon. There's no magic words. All you have to do is just ask him into your life to save you. And let us know and we'll be more than glad to follow up with you. Let me pray. Father, bless every person here. Bless every, bless every person watching online. Father, keep us safe until we gather again. You're so good, Lord, and help us leave here in peace. In Jesus' name.